Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're getting ready for the message before Pastor come. Just want to read uh, scripture coming from James chapter 4. And it says, Where do war and fight comes from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and do not attain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure, adulterers and adulterers. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enemy with God? Whoever therefore wants to be friend, a friend of the world make himself an enemy of God. Thank you, Lord, for reading this word. Amen. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. We want to welcome those in Zooms and those in here that our, our pastor, Jerry C. Wright, we want the Lord to bless him as he brings the word, speak through him, and allow the Lord to use him in a mighty way. So I present, introduce the song. Our pastor, Jerry C. Ray. Let's give a amen. You will bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your protection. All throughout this week, Father, you have shown yourself good to us. And Lord, on today, as we gather together, Lord, we just want to lift your name up. Lift your name up in song. Lift your name up through your word. Your word, Lord, that will deliver your message on today for your people, Father. Father, please be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, um, as I stated before, um, and we will continue on today, we don't want those good Sunday school lessons to go to waste. <laughs> so what we try to do is we, we try to circle back around and, and uh, go over them uh, 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 through the pulpit or from the pulpit. And uh, just to keep, keep you informed just how good those lessons are. So we're going today, today we're going to go back to a lesson from August the 16th, I believe, where it says uh, David uh, mourns for Saul and Jonathan. And, um, and I think I got the right week, but I know I got the right lesson. 
That's today's lesson? Hey, so I'm good. All right. So that's today's. All right, so I'm good. So uh, next week, I'll give you an old lesson. <laughs> so it says, and, and this is coming from, by the way, Second uh, Samuel verses uh, 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. And then it also skips down to that same chapter, verses 17 through 27. Amen. And so we'll go from there today. And the title of this uh, lesson or message is Lamenting the Fallen. Lamenting the Fallen. Amen. I'll read. And if you will read with me from uh, 2 Samuel, once again, the first chapter, beginning at verse 11 and 12, and then we'll skip down to verse 17 through 27. And I'm going to read from the NSAB version. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them. And so also did all the men who were with him. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and his son, Jonathan, and for the people of the Lord and the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Verse 17, then David chanted with this lament over Saul and Jonathan, his son. And he told them to teach the sons of Judah the song of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. Your beauty, O Israel, is slain on your high places. How have the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not in the streets of Ascalon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exalt. O mountains of Gilboa, let not dew or rain be on you, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul not anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, and the sword of Saul did not return it. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and pleasant in their life, and in their death they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How have the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? Jonathan is slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of women. How have the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? Wow. It's a beautiful song, and it's a perplexing song, one in which we're going to have to dissect a bit. You know, some things are 
best kept for movies, sports, and video games? Some things. They're best kept for movies, sports, and video games. Have you ever watched a movie with a really good villain in it? I mean a really good villain, the kind of villain that makes you talk to the screen, right? I mean, and the moment that protagonist who, who works in the favor of the story finally delivers that, that, that just dessert to that villain, you, you, your hands are sweating and, and your heart is palpitating and your teeth are gnashing and from deep within inside of you, you say, get him. Hit him, choking, beating, cutting, shooting. As a rule, we love our home sport teams. And if you're, you're from Michigan, you, you love other folks home sport teams, <laughs> right? E either way, you can find yourself arguing calls on TV, right? The, the ref, you say the ref is paid, they paid. You know the NBA wants LeBron and Kawhi in the finals. They pay, they pay, this whole thing is fixed, right? and your heart palpitates and your hands sweat and your teeth gnash and from deep within you, you say, I hate the Lakers. Can't stand Bron Bron. In video games, no, nowadays you're, you're, you're the hero and you're fighting against villains and and the game, and there are some situations where they're so intense where, you know, the game has it where you can just get rid of the villain with one hand grenade, just one. But your finger is hitting that control button, throwing all kinds of arsenal at that villain. Get him. Blow him to shreds. Blow him to pieces, right? Some things are best left for movies, <laughs> sports, and video games, right? And it's interesting because today's message is coming from a, a, a lament, a song of sorrow that David uh, made for a friend, but also for an enemy, but also for an enemy, right? And from this, we see an example as to how to conduct ourselves when we're dealing with those who have fallen. See, David shows us that, that we need to display genuine grief. He also shows us that we need to discourage gloating over misfortune. And then he also shows us and he demonstrates to us a grateful heart. In verse 11, it says, then David took hold of his clothes and tore them. And so also did all the men who were with him. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and his son, Jonathan, and for the people of the Lord and the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. 
David is showing us, displaying to us, genuine grief. This act was genuine grief. It wasn't him faking it, right? Going through the motions. He tore his clothes, which was a sign, a symbol of true pain and, and sorrow from deep within. And, and also traditionally tearing your clothes, renting your clothes also expressed deep offense as to what occurred, right? David was troubled by the news of both Jonathan's and Saul's death. It's only natural for David to mourn the loss of a good friend, right? Because the Bible states that he and Jonathan had an immediate bond. They, they were birds of a feather and kindred spirits. Both had this zeal for God's honor and God's glory. And they were willing to even fight for it. If you recall in past lessons, Jonathan, he, he didn't give up a fight that would glorify God, right? He didn't pass a fight up that would glorify God. He saw some Philistines down there just, uh, you know, just getting ready to do something wrong to, the, to Israel. And he said to his armor bearer, hey, I'm going to ask God for a sign. And if God gives us this sign, we're going to go down there and wax him, right? We're going to go down there and get him. And God gave him the sign, and that's exactly what Jonathan and his armor bearer did. They went down there and tore that little company of Philistines up. But David had the same spirit, right? Because we see in past lessons where all of a sudden it was this giant talking all kinds of stuff about God and Israel. And, and everybody in the camp was just like, you know, twirling their thumbs because they were scared of the giant. They were playing like they didn't hear all that stuff that was going on. And finally, David gets there and says, don't y'all hear all of this stuff that he is talking? I can't stand it. He is putting down God. No, uh-uh, no. And he went and he got, a, got, got, a, got his weapon of choice. Got his weapon of choice, a sling, and took care of that giant, right? See, Jonathan and David, they were kindred spirits. They had that same zeal for God's honor and God's glory. But what's strange about this song here is that he also mourns for someone who meant him no good. Saul. Saul. David's enemy. It, well, he was, David was his enemy, right? But he wasn't David's enemy. Because in David's mind, he was God's anointed, right? He was God's anointed. Uh, uh, Saul, who, who, who uh, got very angry over David's successes. You know, you ever met someone who got mad over your good fortunes, right? Over your blessing, the fact that you're blessed. And they're mad because you're blessed. That was Saul towards David, right? And, and, and Saul, who had a jealous eye on David. He had a jealous eye on David. In the 18th chapter of, the, of 2 Samuel, it says that Saul, we, we read about how Saul first tried to kill David. You know, a, a, a spirit, just a jealous 
mean spirit came over Saul and David was just sitting there playing the harp for his entertainment. And all of a sudden, Saul, something came over Saul and he got that spirit and he tried to run David through, right? And this is the person that David mourned. Saul, by the way, was David's father-in-law. Talk about family problems. He was, he was David's father-in-law. David married Saul's uh, uh, daughter and, and Michael, right? And 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 all of a sudden, Saul gets mad at his kids because they didn't help him kill David. This was a twisted situation, but yet David mourns for this man's death. And it's interesting because God allowed this story to stay with us even today for an example, to give us an example as to how we should conduct ourselves, right, when folks have fallen, and if they're friends, or even if they're foes. Amen. Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 44 through 48 says this. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. See, God kept this story in here to show us that when Jesus said these words in Matthew, loving your enemy wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything new because back in the Old Testament, you could read this story of how David still had love for his enemy. Amen. And, and in Acts, to, to tie this and make it hit even more uh, home for us, Acts, the 13th chapter, verse 22 says this. After he had removed him, that is Saul, he raised up David to be their king concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. You hear that? A man after God's heart. That's what it takes to love your enemy. You got to pursue a heart like God's, right? You got to pursue a heart like God. And I'm quite sure that if he was trying to be, he, David, was trying to be like his, his Lord, he had to have in mind that he was in a position of needing grace and mercy as well, that he saw himself no different than Saul, that he 
was like Saul, needing grace and mercy also. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Goes down in verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Ephesians 2 and 12 says this, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, you got to see yourself. If you're honest with yourself, you will say too, like Saul, like David, I'm in need of grace and mercy as well. So when people fall on bad times and bad things happen to people, it's not a time to rejoice over their misfortune, right? What it tells you is that, you know, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, the same thing could occur to me. The same thing could occur to me. Maybe David, being mindful of this, right, understood that he needed God's grace and mercy, and that was the catalyst of his, his, his mindset. And he saw that, man, you know, I see Saul, and I see what happened to him, and I know he meant me no good, but you know what? If it wasn't for God, there go I. There go I. Amen. So he wasn't about uh, 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 downing someone when something bad happened to them. That's why he goes on and shows us the example of not only did he have genuine grief over this situation, but he also discouraged gloating. You know gloating, you know gloating. And when, when stuff happens to people and, and you see people gloating about it, right? Verses 20 through 21 says this, tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exalt. O mountains of Gilboa, let not dew or rain be on you, nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, not anointed with oil. I will not be a part of putting tea in the streets on anyone. You will not get the tea from me. Celebrating another's doom and misfortune should never be in our skill set. It shouldn't be in our skill set, right? It shouldn't be there. And, and this very thing is behind a lot of uh, Facebook wars, if you think about it. Everybody got to be first to get the tea out there. Everybody's got to be first addition. In fact, they have to be the inside addition, right? You know, I mean, I've heard of stories where folks get a call and they say, uh, you ain't hear it from me, but your brother died. Huh? 
Yeah, you, you ain't hear it from me, but 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 yo, my family, you telling my me, you know what? And you telling me on Facebook, <laughs> right? You telling me on Facebook? Oh oh, haven't you heard about so and so? And it's itching. It's 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 like money in your pockets when you know you got some good news about somebody. You just you just want to spend that dollar you got, and it's just like, ooh, I just want to spend this information I got on somebody. I just want to tell somebody, cause I want to be the first girl, man, have you heard? Have you heard, right? And David said, I am not going to be part of that, right? I'm not going to be part of that. David, he could have had in mind uh, also how his song went platinum, right? He had a song that went platinum. Women in his country were singing about him, right? De you know, uh, Saul killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. That thing was so well known that even the Philistine kings heard about it. David was going to fight, and he was going to literally go help the Philistines fight. And the Philistine kings said, no, uh-uh. Haven't you heard that song? <laughs> Haven't you heard that song about him? We don't want him in here. We don't want him with us. And David did not want a similar song sung about Saul. He didn't want a similar song sung about Saul. Nowhere in Philistine, nowhere in Philistine country did he want folks to hear that song or sing that song. He knew that that would have been a hit in Philistine. And he didn't want any part of it. So he says, don't tell Gath right? Don't tell Ascalon. Don't tell them because all they're going to do is rejoice over it, right? They're going to rejoice over it. He didn't want that song sung. But when we think about this, this reminds us of Romans, the second chapter, verses 21 to 24. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who arbor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law through your breaking the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. See, see, for David, God's glory was in the front of his mind. See, he didn't want that song sung because, see, that would have put some, some, a damper on God's glory as well. And that was the pressing point in David's mind. He didn't want a song like that going on about anybody in Israel, about any citizen of Israel, because everybody in Israel was connected to this God of Israel. So if they were rejoicing over some misfortune about someone in Israel, then where did that put Israel's God? See, David wanted God to stay high and lifted up. And this thing was about God's glory as well. 
And he didn't want what Saul did and how his life, how he conducted his life to put any blemish on a good God, on a good God. Amen. And lastly, David says this in his lamenting uh, song. He, he, he gives us an example of how to genuinely grieve, but he also goes down and tells us how we shouldn't uh, gloat as well over someone's misfortune. And lastly, he says that we should demonstrate a grateful heart, a grateful heart. Verses 22 through 27, you will see throughout that that David is saying that these were men that did Israel good also in their lives. Saul did Israel some good also during his lifetime. Can, can we just highlight what good he did as well and not just bury him down in the ground and put him in hell? Can we just also say that he was a courageous brother who fought as well. Matter of fact, he was known for his skill with the sword, David said. Just like Jonathan was known with his skill with the bow. These were warriors and they died in war defending the country. Defending the country. There was some good to say about these brothers as well. And David says, don't forget that because you know what, Israel, you benefited. You benefited women. Look how you're dressing, right? He, he, I mean, I mean he, he hooked up the economy, if you will, where now you're dressing in scarlet and you got your jewelry and everything else on. You know, you can say that this brother kept the enemies off of us so that we could live better. So he has some good things to say, and he had to remind them that there were good things to say about both of these brothers. But then David also gets personal in verses 26 to 27. He gets personal because then that's when he reflects on his relationship and his friendship with Jonathan. He says, I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of women. How have the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? If you got a good friend, you need to take care of the good friend, right? You need to take care of a good friend because friends are few and a lot of them just don't come knocking on your door through life. So when you do get one, treat them right and treat them good. And that's what Jonathan and David, they had each other's back all throughout their friendship just as soon as they saw each other, it just was something that just connected there. And they were just kindred spirits, right? But David was, he had a grateful heart towards what Jonathan did for him. Remember how Jonathan uh, and David met in the 18th chapter, 1 uh, Samuel 18th chapter. And, and as soon as they met, it said that they just connected. And then it goes on to say that Jonathan said, you know what? I'm going to make a covenant with you, brother. I'm going to look out for you. And he gave David his robe and his sword as well and said, hey, I'm, you know, I, I, I know you're anointed. 
And I support that. Yes, my father is king, but I support what God is doing in your life, David. I support what God is doing in your life. There's only two swords, they said, that was in Israel, right? Saul had one and Jonathan had the other. And he gave that to his best friend to show that I am with you. So he understood the situation that Jonathan was in. Can you understand? Can you appreciate the, the situation that Jonathan was in, where he had a best friend that he had to be faithful to, but he also over here had a, a father that he had to be loyal to who hated his best friend? I mean, he was caught in between this. And you know what? He didn't miss a beat. He showed his friend that I love you and I'm faithful to you, but he also showed his father I'm loyal to you, even to the point where he died in war with his father. He knew that his father wasn't right. He knew it. As a matter of fact, he challenged his father, if you recall, he challenged his father at times and said, you know, you know, David don't mean you any, huh? David don't mean, why you, why you want to kill him? And then all of a sudden Saul said, I got a spear for you too. And he tried to kill his son. He tried to kill his son. But Jonathan was faithful to his friend and he was loyal to his father. And, and David appreciated this. He saw this and he said, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for a friend like that. You know, we were, we were Ace Boone Coon. <laughs> we were closer than close. And he goes on to say, you know, he goes on to say here in verse 6, 26 again, um, you have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of women. Now, scholars say this ain't about how they had some type of, 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 of crazy relationship going on. No. This wasn't anything on that, end, on that end. What it was saying is that it's, it's a better interpretation. Matter of fact, if you read the NLT, where it says, you know, how, how women know how to love. <laughs> they know how to love. They know how to love deeply. And he said, your, your love was, it, it was on that level. It was on that level and even more so. We, 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 had, we, got, we had each other's back. We... We were closer than close. We were friends to the end. And that's why I mourn for this brother right now. My heart is broken. You don't get many friends like that, David is saying. So you better appreciate them and be grateful for them. So David, through this song, he, he honors a friend, but he also honors someone who considered him an enemy. And he shows us through example, through his example, through this song, that we need to grieve genuinely for, for, for folks' misfortune. We need to put ourselves in their shoes, right? We need to put ourselves in their shoes and we need to understand, but if it wasn't for God, that would be us. So therefore it leaves no room for gloating, right? We don't need to gloat and, 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 and just celebrate someone's misfortune. No, we need to understand that we also need that same grace and mercy. And then lastly, we need to be 
grateful. <laughs> we need to have a grateful heart. We need to have a grateful heart because when God sends folks our way that show themselves to be true friends, take care of them. Take care of them, right? Nurse that friendship. Be grateful for that friendship and don't damage it. Amen. Understand their perspective as well as yours because friends, true friends make sacrifices for you and you make sacrifices for them. Amen. So this is how we see and through David's eyes how to, how to lament the fallen. How to lament the fallen. But you know, like I said earlier in this message, you can't think this way unless you are pursuing a heart like God's. Unless you're pursuing a heart like God's. You can't, you can't think of an enemy like this. You can't love this way unless you are pursuing a heart like God's. Unless God has your heart, right? And your mind, and you are serving him, and you are following him, and you want to be like him. And that's the mission today. That's the decision today. Are you, are you a follower of Christ? Are you a follower of Christ? You need to settle that today. If you haven't, you need to settle that today. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Because your actions, your attitude, that all will show exactly who is your God. Amen. So we say come today. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let this moment pass you by. Reach out to one of us here, connect with us, and we will be glad to take that journey with you. Amen? Amen. And God bless you. Amen. Man, I will now put it in the hands.